0: I'm Gentleman Josh Hill. I'm Aaron Jeffrey.
1: I'm Josh and busiest.
0: I'm Mike Malak. I'm Rafi Stack. Tune in to Don't Tap. Don't Tap. Don't Tap. Don't Tap Podcast. Don't Tap Podcast. John Jones, follow me on Twitter.
2: Hey, I'm UFC President Dana White, and you're in the ring with Callum
0: McGregor. To me, the Lions are the number one rankings out there. Those guys are the ones
1: who really do their homework. Man, once I spend the
0: rankings, are bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I from, from Canada. Got a really high fight IQ. But this fight, I'm telling you. Welcome back to another edition of the Little tap podcast. Um, we could look back. We definitely could. But, um, you know, record-breaking strikes. We pretty much have a guy Batory, Vittori that uh, got punched in the face a thousand billion times. And, and we're late in the week. So we need to look forward and not look back. Um, Vittori just needs to get a better boxing coach and work his footwork or figure something f- for that. And I'll have to bleep that within the first five minutes of the podcast. But let's uh, just jump right into UFC Fight Night. We have Emmett versus Taporia. Um, some interesting spots on in this card. I think there's some definitely definitely some spots here. I'm also going to be bringing a PFL spot to the table this week, and everybody can guess which one it is, of course. Um, but I will let our guests, our last minute guests that we asked to jump on the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who may sleep on our couch a little bit this summer because there isn't as much content out. Although if you are following Billy Briz on WNBA right now, I mean, come on. If you love basketball and you're not trying to make money on WNBA, you're just you're just a fucking idiot. You're not following Billy right now, so um Billy Brins, how are you, brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Uh,
0: just, it was a it was a bittersweet week last week. Uh, a lot of fights fell off. Had to reconstruct the way we we're thinking. Rob with Chris Leroy Duncan, and uh it was not the Juneteenth I was hoping for.
1: Yeah, it didn't didn't quite play out with him. I, I still think that guy's extremely talented. I don't necessarily think it was a bad look. I just think matchup wise, it just it didn't play out. But fuck um there was a couple spots for me as well too and i think nick as well too on that card where it was a little greasy with some of those spots so but let's look ahead man what are your spots for this week what's your first one you're going to bring to the table yeah first spot i'm bringing to
0: this week uh it's more of like kind of giving me lock of the week vibes man probably make a video for, for here brandon allen versus bruno silva here loving my guy brandon allen here at minus 188 um I like Bruno Silva, made money on him last time out against Brad Tavares. Nobody thought he was going to really win. He was an underdog, kind of somewhat underrated. But I feel like the theme that we've really seen with him throughout his career is uh, his grappling chops. While he has good grappling chops, it's just not that elite level. And Brandon Allen, on on his good nights, is a very elite grappler. I feel like he's starting to put it together. And um, he's been on a nice little streak right now, man. I mean, five fight win streak right here. We're still getting him at a good price tag here. Um, I think Brandon Allen uh, rolls, and um, it's a little bit worrisome, a little bit because I've been all in on Brandon Allen before, and uh, I lost some dollars on him against Sean Strickland. Uh, made some a little money up for you on him throughout his career, and um. I got to go back to the well this week, man. I think I'm going to be, no pun intended, all in on Brandon Allen. Um, really good price tag this week, minus 188. Most appealing price tag on the whole entire card, in my opinion. Um, how are you guys feeling about this one? Do you think Brandon Allen's going to get the job done as easy as I'm thinking he does? Or do you think Bruno Silva's a live dog? The Brazilian comes through. A couple Brazilian fighters on this card. We got Amanda Ribas, Gabriel Santos, um, Wellington Turnman. Uh, Tabitha Ricci, Cleason Rodriguez, so uh, a lot of Brazil
1: Florida. This I'm week. just gonna tap in. I'm gonna go with my number one pick of the night, and that's Brendan Allen. Um, so as the card was winding down on Saturday, I bet Brendan Allen at minus 165. Um, I know we were rumbling in the chats about who was gonna be our plays and how we were looking in leans, and I faded this guy too much, man. I faded this guy too much, and and I think that because he does get hit um i've faded him in the past but he he can absorb some strikes and i think that that's something that he's gonna have to shore up he pretty much puts out exactly what he absorbs um but he's a gamer and although i know that he did um it was like five fights ago he got ko'd um but right now we're looking at we got a four fight win streak we got three of his last five wins come via sub right i'm looking at the sub prop i'm looking at bruno uh i'm looking at uh silva four fight iq potential cardio issues so there's a lot of different ways you can look at this fight. A lot of people think it's too greasy, and I think there's a lot of value in a lot of lines in this card. I think it's going to go a little bit later. I think that Brendan Allen drags guys into deep waters for the most part. I know he does have a first-round sub in, in his last uh, couple of fights, but he's more of a, I'm going to drag you to the ground, rear naked choke you after landing volume and outworking you and outpacing you. Um, It's just he doesn't need to show up his defensive striking as well, too. I think that's the only thing with Brendan Allen that's been an issue. Um, So we look at the, the lines, really, man. Like we have right now, the over is sitting at minus 150. And that's sort of interesting to me because I, I really do think this is going to extend. I know that with with Silva, people think he's a little bit um, explosive. He's got the power in the beginning. And, and with Allen before being ko it could be a problem. I, I don't see an early sub by Allen. I see that, that late if it happens. So I think this does actually stretch out late. Um, the Allen sub right now is plus 163. Um, if you actually feel like you're on the other side of this and you're not sure and you feel this fight ends inside the distance, you can look at Allen um, sub, Silva KO, double chance, uh, minus 165. Um, but I really do also like, and I, I'm going to, I'm throwing a bunch of lines out there and I'll, I'll lock in exactly what I like. But Allen third round decision is plus 225. Definitely like that third round decision line. Um, so for me, the way that I'm going to attack this, I think that Allen does get the sub in this. I think I'll hit the Allen sub at plus 163. I'll hit the third round decision at plus 225 to cover my decision basis and maybe get some. What a about sub the sub prop on FanDuel, sub round two or three? Uh, I was looking, like, that's where this may go. I may end up just looking at the, the actual sub props, but I just looked at right now the third round decision to cover my decision basis and then just hit that sub plus 163 alone. Um, but I, I may actually venture off into the, to the round props because that's always done well for me. And Sabatini last week got crushed. That sort of saved my whole ticket, really. Uh, last week so it was pretty awesome but i mean even for those that are feeling that Allen may be a little bit compromised in that first uh, first round then that minus 165 really isn't a bad play i don't know if this fight sees the scorecards um that sub ko minus 165 both sides of the card I, I you know silva allen is a play as well too so a lot of lines being thrown out there but i really this was one of the first ones i was looking at i find when i fade someone way too much um and then i see a path to victory silva's been um you know submitted in a couple of his last fights i just think that's a a play for me so i like alan i'm great with you so that's likely going to be a big play for the podcast and nick i mean i don't know really what's left to say but do you have anything else to say on this fight i don't think he does
2: yeah not much man like i'm on the allen side i'm not quite as confident as both of you are on it um i hit that 165 line that's really all i was going to bring to the table I don't yep. think this fight's going to a decision. Allen has shown durability issues in the past, and although his striking looked good in his last fight, if he stands and trades with Bruno Silva, I think he's going to go to sleep. Like, we can't... Like, I'll give it to Clint for saying it, because the thing that I had in thing uh, on this fight, too, is if he could, went to the body the slightest bit, I think he can do work to Brendan Allen. I like Brendan Allen's come up. I think he's doing better than he once was. But... I do also think that this is a large step up. And as I said, I think his chin can be checked. So I like the sub and uh, KO prop that you mentioned, 165 on DraftKings. I already hit it. So that's where I stand on this one.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to see the, not necessarily the prayer that KO'd Tavares, because that's just, that's just sort of doesn't really tell me much. But uh, when he fought Pereira, if I see that Silva, then you know this is going to be a greasy fucking fight. But the way that he came in um, when he was submitted in, in his last last submission loss, I just he just didn't show up at all. And if that shows up, he was like throwing punches wild, like sucking wind. It was just it was bad to watch. I I don't know. I what think another call that thing is. to throw into the cap here is.
0: Um, the fact that it's in Florida, I feel like, um, you know, that that is a little, little bit Joker. of a trip. Maybe he has a bad weight cut or something like that. I feel like uh, Brandon Allen training out there in Vegas and stuff like that. He's probably more accustomed to the. Uh... Is he training out of Vegas or is he training? No, out I think of he's Louisiana still in Florida. Florida. He, well, Florida, so even better. Uh, I didn't want to jack down that
1: down up. A bunch.
0: So he's gonna be down there in Florida. He's gonna be the hometown guy. This is in Jacksonville.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like for this the next set fight for Brandon Allen. Yeah, I think so too, man. I just I think that Pereira could, or sorry, um, Silva could definitely spoil the party, but I just a lot of the sides are pointing towards Alan for me on this one. So, Nick, what is your spot? You want to bring to the table because uh, that those are two of our number one spots out of the out of the way. What's your spot for the the week?
2: Well, I got the picture up behind there, man. I'm going with the guy who wants to look like Patty Pimblet with Zalgiris
1: And I think that. Bad.
2: I don't think it's that greasy, man. Like, if you look at his opponent, his opponent comes in and people are okay. going to look at the finishes, but he's been facing guys that are like 2-1, and one, o and 0 Like, the level of competition isn't there at all. If you go to MMA decisions, you have only three judges that score that fight for Pavia. You have one judge that scores that fight for Ma- Molina, and you have no buddy that scores that fight for Johnson. So... Although he comes in, I feel like people are taking a look at this record and thinking that Zalgaz isn't quite the guy that we think he is. But if you watch those fights, man, his record in the UFC should be far better. He's very active on the feet. His wrestling's on point. And I just think this is going to be way too much too soon for his opponent. I think we're getting a really good line on this fight. Just because, as I said, people look at Zalgaz's record. And they look at Joshua, Joshua Venn's record and see that he has all these finishes. But I don't think people are looking too much into it, at least from the public eye. I think a lot of people are staying away from this. I think Zalgas is a good parlay piece, and I think he's at a bettable line at minus 180.
1: Yeah, I even looked at some of the lines that were even a, a little bit better than 180 at one point. It's probably gone now, but uh, you're not wrong on that. There, I think there's levels to it. I think there is a levels game, and I think he's been faded just because of this narrative that the judges don't like him and split decision, and he was a greasy guy to bet for and whatever else. But I think that when you find value, where there's, when you, there's a gap from where you think the line should be and uh, where it's at. Um, not a bad play. I think it's a sharp play, to be honest. I, I don't see this guy coming out and, and steamrolling through Zogus, who's always been pretty durable and pushed through, through to decisions. I think there's a good value on the line. Really? Yeah,
0: I'm right there. I'm right there, but I just got to check off a couple more boxes. Okay. I got to see who – how many times is he going to be rescheduled against a new person that they're trying to debut against him that they're trying to feel like I I would say build up like I mean Nate Manis they're trying to give him bounce back fight canceled uh Rafael Steve dude they're trying to build up canceled Felipe Beans dude they're trying to build up canceled this dude Joshua Van I mean has he been on the radar for a long time is he just a ringer I mean. He's fighting out of Texas, so he isn't from Florida. I don't really know too much about him. fight film looked somewhat spotty, like meaning like it looked good, but it was hard to really gauge how good it really looked against the level of competition. It was really only the last fight that he fought somebody real, Cleveland uh, McLean. That dude was 34 years old. That was a recent. That was in December. So, I mean, he's rolling right now. And I just can't – it's the price tag. You know me, man. I'm the guy that – bet a minus 250 straight i'll bet a minus 200 straight shit I do that from tajikistan that made his debut in bellator i bet it minus 600 straight like if it's gonna win i'm, I'm way to but i don't know if the price tag is really wheeling me in i opened up minus 175 moving up to minus 220 so line movements telling you the aside but i just don't know if that's the way I want to go this week, I feel like if I do have money on Zalgis, it's gonna be like more like the fifth, sixth, seventh leg of the parlay or something like that. Not, I don't know if he's gonna be my meat and potatoes, and he's
1: at a meat and potato price tag. And Nick, what did you say you got Zalgus at initially? Uh, Obviously, when we got it at, and then what we're putting it out at is totally two, two different things, but uh minus one eighty. Okay, so you got a minus. I'm seeing
0: minus two ten,
1: minus two hundred, minus two hundred, yeah. minus two hundred, minus two hundred across yeah, the so board. The lines are starting to move. So a couple of people are jumping on the line for the same reason, sucking that last little bit of value out of it.
2: Yeah, minus okay. one eighty eight is the best line on Betway right now. It is the last of like the
1: line that hasn't been steamed up a little bit. I mean, who knows that weigh in's this line may actually saunter back the other way. It all really depends. It's going to be a narrative situation that's going to really push this line anywhere else. I don't see. Uh, the line moving much more um in Zelgus's favor. It's gonna either go the other way or sit. So, um, okay, uh, Billy, next spot on the card.
0: Yeah, next spot on this card probably chalkiest spot on the card for me. Uh, Tatua Tatsura here. Um, it's my guy, man. You gotta roll with your guys. Uh, I've been waiting for this man to come back, and uh, this is greasy narrative theory, but greasy narrative theory. This cards early, <laughs> cards early, they're trying to find Tyra a spot, they put him on the card at 11, I mean, originally this fight card was supposed to be at 12, now it's starting at 11 o'clock, when he fights, why is Tyra, the guy that's supposed to be the sneaky dark horse in the flyweight division, fighting so early on the prelims, why so? Well, that's prime time 12 o'clock midnight over there in Asia, I feel like they're giving the boy a rub this time. Uh, this is not the opponent, though, that you would think that would be the rub. Cleeton Rodriguez is definitely a guy we've been back before. But he showed his uh, red flags before, and I think those red flags are going to come again. I mean, Tyra has been looking so good, man. 3-0 in the UFC so far. Back-to-back submission wins. He's going to run through this dude like, hot, like a hot knife he's through butter. Ass, he's going to get this sub. And um, I see the line moving down. Great job. You're giving, you're making me, you're making my weekend a lot easier. Um, I'm betting it straight, man. Bet through 65 is minus two fifty on the board. I'm betting it straight. Get my juice box out. Taitori's is going to run through this dude. Going to have the sub prop love him this week. Best spot in the card. He is, he is who you think he is. He is him. Clayton Rodriguez was supposed to be him before. And, uh, he he hasn't really lived up to my expectation on the Dana White contender series. I lost to CJ Vergara. Uh, it was a really bad loss, his UFC debut. He was a big favorite that week. He was supposed to run through CJ Vergara. It was a big card spot for him, Olivera versus Gaethje. And he just did not come to play. This is another big card. This is on UFC. This is UFC on ABC. This is like one of the biggest like cards of the year. This is more valuable than the... Some of the pay-per-views we've been watching, for example, like this is a big-time card. Uh, Titore is gonna run through this, dude. I love the spot for him this week. A uh, lot, a lot of repeating, but like, I gotta say, like, Titore no is him. He is going to be the future flyweight champion. He is Ooh, that
1: good. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, um wow! You're gonna do that. Okay, all right. Damn. No, I'm with you. I, I backed Tyro pretty big uh, in the past. Um, I think the striking needs to come along, but he finds a way to get to you no matter what with the takedowns. He's, whether it's a sort of a jiu-jitsu style takedown and he slides slides off to the side, grabs your leg and gets you down and gets that back um, and or gets you up against the cage and and drags you down. He is really high level once it gets there. Cleetton Rodriguez is is really dangerous on the feet for me. And I know that he hasn't shown up in past, but for me, it was a little bit of a greasy one, but I I 100% see what you're saying. But Nick, I think that you may have another side to this. I so think the line's be, wide, man. Too Let's go. I think the line's
2: really wide. I don't think it's as close cut as you guys are making it seem. Everybody's saying like Clayson's lost to CJ. Garrow was big. If once again, like I use MMA decisions a lot because if there's something that I'm like kind of questioned about, I would say okay, you know, the guys that go out and actually post on social media and write articles, what do they think? Not a single, uh, not a single reporter gave that fight to CJ. A lot of them had it to draw. And the majority of them had it for Clayson. It's, you know, Clayson trains at Team Noguera. He's got great jiu-jitsu in himself. He's just a much better striker. And I think this is a bad matchup in the sense that, like, they're putting two up-and-cumbers against each other. And that I don't personally know why. I wouldn't have to make these guys these early on in the UFC careers because I both think these guys have a lot of depth in what they can go. But as if, just from a straight line value, I think the line is just too wide because if this fight stays standing for any regard – is going to beat the shit out of him. Like, it's not going to be close on the feet. So you're relying on the fact that Tyra is going to get him to the ground over and over again. And with his scrambles, even in the CJ Vergara fight, he was able to scramble up a lot. CJ Vergara wasn't able to do too much. And it was kind of more of just holding him down because the guy's like a worm underneath you trying to get back up. So unless Tyra can really show that he can just pin him down, and once again, like, maybe you guys are speaking the truth on this, but I just... I think that line's wide, man, like, and at that point, you're also getting Clayson a plus 600 for the KO prop. where if Tyra gets tired from him trying to get back up, man, second, third round, KO is live as shit, because we've never seen Tyra face any sort of adversity, Where with Clayson, you can say he faced adver- adversity in the CJ fight, because in that first round, he didn't look good, he looked like he was getting some deep waters, and he was going to be exposed, and he's able to come back and make that fight a lot closer, and lost a very close blood decision, so...
0: My thing is, it's it. like the level of competition. Like, you fought Shannon Brawl, CJ Vergara, and some bum on the contender series, Sancho Cardino, and you're reserving three strikes per minute. That, that is really bad, bro. Like, I wow. I think his striking defense, while some of the shit that he throws is exciting and it looks good, I think his striking defense sucks. So, if Ty Torre is not worried about what's coming one way, across the feet, and this guy is more of a grappling guy. He's damn sure not a better grappler than
1: Ty Doris.
0: I don't know, man. It's
1: I think weird. It's weird. It's weird. I see both sides of it for both you guys. I think that with Rodriguez, he actually, although he does absorb, and I would say he's not defensively sound, he's a venomous striker, though. He's got some pretty dynamic, crazy finishing power, like finishing sort of sequences, finishing techniques. So that's what's dangerous about it staying on the feet. But the one thing I'll say to, to sort of counter what Nick was saying, too, The thing about tyra is like it's not just a normal takedown for him like he'll shoot the takedown and then he sticks with the takedown he sticks with the legs and he sticks on you he's really really sticky so in that situation like that's where that takedown i I think he if he gets any length of time eventually he works to uh, potentially attacking a couple submissions maybe sort of mixes it up on the feet enough he needs to get control time and and pretty much dominate this on the ground the thing that's had me stay off this was if it does stay on the feet if if we see two or three shape takedowns and nothing really comes of them i mean i'm betting laugh um because i think rodriguez does have the finishing technique um and ability to do it um but at the same time tyra really i mean once he shores up that little bit of striking he's going to be a fucking problem so um for me it's a stay off but i fully see both sides of it and i will jump into my play any other thoughts Nah i'm good um, I'm going to go with my dog of the week, and I'm on, like, I don't know if I'm just fading somebody so bad because of his fight IQ and, and I just don't like him. Uh, we know where I'm going with this. You even know where we've done this too much already. You know I'm – Jamal Embers has no fight IQ. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Jack Jenkins, man. Talking about Venomous, Australian fucking pit viper. That man, everything he lands is damage. And although Embers does have the reach, he does have the length, he's shown that he gets Sabatini, Right. Guys can work underneath his guard and land. And what does Jack Jenkins do? He lands axes. He's pretty much Canadian chopping down a fucking Christmas tree um, when he comes through with those legs. So for me, I mean, the fact that the line, I already hit it at plus 145 when the line was Saturday night, and now we're looking at plus 180. I just think that Jamal Emmer is like, the fight IQ, once again, is always an issue. I think where, where the line's at right now, that these two stay on the feet. Emmer's style, although I like his Muay Thai, I like the clinch, um, But it's just not going to work against Jenkins. It's just a bad matchup. He's just everything that that Emmer's sort of utilizes when he clinches his guys and he lands some of his strikes, he's just going to get chopped down. And he doesn't utilize his distance well. He doesn't close distance well. And I just think that there's so many live spots for Jenkins. Even with the scrambles on the ground, I can see Jenkins even taking his back at points just just because he's landing more strikes and just sort of catching Emmer's off guard. And, And maybe I'm fading the guy so hard and maybe this is a spot where I get burned. Um, But I just like it at plus 180. And especially if the line continues to grow, I think there's maybe some sharps on Emmer's thinking there's a difference in maybe the the level of competition, but man, I I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go with the venomous Viper and Jack Jenkins, and we're going to see a Christmas tree get chopped down and Jamal Emmer's fight IQ expose itself at some point in the fight again. So uh, I'll take my dog of the week, Jack Jenkins. And I know that uh, you guys might be sort of leaning that way too, but maybe not the play. But what are your guys thoughts on this one?
0: No, nah, I was gonna say I like the spot. I, I couldn't agree anymore. Jack Jenkins uh just to fight IQ, Jamal Emers. Uh, I like Jack Jenkins here in the spot, cash cow for me in the contender series. So I'm gonna keep on riding the train here.
1: He's Mr. Damage goes for the finish. I mean you gotta love guys like that, right? And he and he has the gas tank, so he can back it up. So and, and I lost Jack- my money in Jamal Emmers last time, so I gotta make that back. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. Yeah, I know it always burns you. Like whenever I feel like I'm fading someone so hard, I really got to look at the other fighter and make sure that there's paths. And I think that there's paths. So I don't think. And I wanted to throw by you guys to see if I'm seeing something crazy or not. And I don't think I am. So
2: yeah, honestly, I just for me it's kind of a show me small on both sides. Like there's a lot of money that keeps coming in on Emers. And as much as I side with you guys on the dog, I don't know if I can personally pull the trigger on it. Just because I don't think I've seen enough from Jack Jenkins to me for me to really understand him where he is in the UFC. So um, I like the fight goes to decision minus 138. I see this being a close competitive fight and I don't really see a finish on either side of it. And I think you're getting good value on it. I think both guys are going to respect each other's powers. I think the striking exchange is going to be close and the grappling, it could be close as well. So I think it'll be easier. One, if you live bet, this is probably the perfect fight because you're really going to see who's able to take over but I think ultimately this fight probably hits the judges scorecards. So if I had any play on it, it would be the fight goes to decision.
0: I'm glad you said the fight's going to go to the judge of scorecards. Cause a new thing that they added in uh, MMA betting this year for the year 2023 is the uh, spread for yep. the fights. And I think this is actually an opportunity here. Uh, even though you're going to pay the chalk, price tag for a little bit i think jack jenkins on the plus three and a half handicap spread would be the bet uh if you think this fight's gonna go to decision uh nick do you think jack jenkins probably gets one of the three rounds right for sure
2: yeah As i i think he wins the fight it just it's,
0: it's too close for me to come out right there and say it i'm right there with you because i don't know if i want to bet the plus 175 or try to fish for a plus three and a half handicap line i think it's on DraftKings to be exact if you could bet the plus three and a half handicap side on uh jack jenkins on the spread i think that's the way to go i think he wins one of the three rounds i don't know if he pulls out the fight i would lean towards him pulling out the fight i'm picking him but i think that's the way to go right there uh Kyle, what are your what are your thoughts and opinions? Have you ever bet the uh, spread before? I,
1: I haven't jumped into that, but I think that actually is a way that I, I could tailor off some of my plays and sort of be a little bit wiser with some spots. I think I think on on those spots that I'm not as passionate about, where I'm like okay, and then even have some of your insight and and look at look at maybe we're really tailoring back some of these and uh, the plus three and a half, That's not bad at all. Uh, what, what was what was the line currently sitting at?
2: It's not out yet. I just I just signed oh, up okay. to uh DraftKings. It's not quite there yet, but. I think it is
1: something that I, we definitely need to start looking at because, I mean, I think a lot of people are looking at those lines and want to hear about those lines. And and I think that uh, maybe that's something we should try to bring into the fold at least once a week, at least once. spot. Because think about it. We spread. would have had
0: Jasmine Jezevigis on the plus three and a half because we, we all were kind of leaning, Jazz but we're like, do we go to the window? It's more of like we're watching the card. Yeah, we're probably the, a couple bucks on it or something like that. You get a but spread if we would have had the plus three and a half, sweet. we would have been money in the bank, man. For sure.
1: You're right. All right, yeah, I think it's definitely something that we have to start looking at. It's not something I've really delved into or dove into, but um, definitely something we got to look at. So um, that will actually bring me to my next spot. Um, if we're looking at it, we have. I got to I got to be a little bit of a homer. I got to be a regional homer. Um, I, I've been backing this guy for so long in the, to to make it to the big show, and I think that his skill level is there. And usually, when I when I feel so strongly about someone that I've seen regularly, I've seen a lot of fighters come up to, and through the years and, and there's there's a, a select few and if you listen to coaches in the area you listen to fighters in the area there was a last guy that got rubbed like this it was oam and you've got a guy in anthony romero a lot of people are high on this guy a lot of people wanted to see him make it to the big show um and here's why i'm actually going to attack this fight and not just do a piece about it because he's plus 400 right now and i get that oam is a decision king but right now if you're looking at the line the line is Minus uh two sixty five, I think, to go to decision. It's minus three hundred for over two and a half. But you have Romero who's plus four hundred, and I get it to step up in competition. But everything that these guys do, they do very similarly, and a lot of people are looking at um, OAM's wrestling, and they're thinking that's going to play a huge role in this and get Romero on his back. Or we've seen him at moments, um, but so long ago. And for him, his scrambles are there. He wizards out and grabs those hands every time somebody shoots for a takedown on him and he takes your back or he'll take you down or he's, he, he grabs your leg. He runs the piping and he takes you down. He knows how to chain wrestle uh, with the best of them. And it's a camp that is killing everybody that everybody is just pretty much undervaluing at times. Jasmine's camp. He's from Niagara top team, right? He's got his own gym. He trains with Lyndon Whitlock out, out in Oakville at, at Aegis. And he does all of his striking there, which is one of the top striking coaches in Canada. And then he goes out to Niagara and he brings it all to his grappling and his wrestling. So I just think that there's value at this line. I think it's crazy that if these two fought, that we don't think if it goes to the judges' scorecards, which Vegas is telling us it's probably going to, that you're not going to take a shot on a dog at plus 400 about Anthony Romero and you've never really watched his fights. Don't even look at the line. There's no point if you've known about him and you don't actually want to jump on this right now. I don't know, man. I just think it's crazy. I'm a huge and, and and to to do the flip side of this, I'm a huge OAM back. Like, by decision, death taxes, and him. So he finished his last fight and he fucked me on that that one. That sort of sucked. Um, left myself exposed with just OAM by decision. But the reality is this guy is a decision machine, machine and he is a high-level fighter. This is going to be potentially, and a lot of people say it's going to be a stalemate at points. A lot of people are expecting a boring fight. So once again, a narrative of boring fight that goes to decision potentially, and you're going to tell me that a plus 400 dog is sitting in there with a the high-level fighting coming out of one of the best camps in Canada? Plus 400, sign me up. I'll take it. My Canadian bias play of the week, even though it's Canadian, eating a Canadian. See, I got a counterpart for this.
0: The best bet of that PFL card has to be Rosh Monfio. He is plus 150 again, six and one in the PFL so far, and has been an underdog for every fucking fight. Jolten Loaderback. PFL debut, plus 185, cash. Anthony Pettis, plus 155, cash. Clay Collar, plus 150, cash. Lokik Robinov, who's fighting this weekend on the UFC card, plus 220, cash. Don Madge, a dude that the UFC cut but was really high on, plus 115, cash. Only person he lost to, OAM, who ended up winning the championship last year. Bad stylistic matchup, plus 135, loss. Alex Martinez, minus 105 last time. Underdog, again, slight underdog, cash. Plus 150 against the Schultz. I'm not believing the hype. He's on a three-fight win streak. But the last fight that he fought was against Dv Right. I, I mean this in the slightest of ways, but, like, he's going through a lot of shit right now. Yeah. He's got a kid with That's cancer. Fair. He's running a gym. He's coaching. He's got businesses and stuff like that. His head's not all there right now. That's an easier it's fight impossible. for him. It's now impossible. we're getting him at plus 150 against the Schultz. Best bet of the card, Rosh Monfio, 2022's most profitable underdog. He's coming back around for uh, another another claim at that title.
1: And, and that wasn't a counter, man. All you did was add more value. You added an extra spot for the PLN, PFL card, <laughs> one that's maybe a little bit more of a um, higher clip hitting dog. Obviously, we see that right there. And I, I've i been on the, the Roush Monfio side as well, too. So great that if you've been on site for the whole train, you've added in an extra piece for the PFL. And Nick, as we're doing a PFL little quick clip, any spots that you can think of? I uh, no, I haven't looked too much you know.
2: into it.
1: It's all good. We're going to just get you on the WMMA, and uh, we'll get you on the it over. And <laughs> I got over
2: 2.5. You bet every women's fight over 2.5, yeah. you can buy the house that I own right now. But
1: then there's me who's been actually cashing on, on these women's fights lately. So actually, and you know what? As much as I threw the, the fights has been nice. I'm going to jump into this spot that I've been really debating on whether I'm going to throw it out there, and it's a homer fucking bias play again but it's, it's a prop um, and it's also looking at the line again. So basically if we're looking at, just because we sort of went over that quickly with the Anthony Romero thing, um, we have Jillian Robertson against Ricci and a lot would argue at the level of jujitsu that um, Ricci has is way better than Robertson's and what we've seen. And she's stronger, a little bit more of an athlete. We got Robertson's a little more of a stoner. Um, she is a old, stoner, bro. She smokes an ounce in a week, bro. An ounce in a week. I thought, thought it. She's the best. I saw that on your boy, on your boy's, uh, boy's thing. You but clearly yeah, no, didn't
2: all listen to her on Joe
1: Rogan talking about how much that's she what I want to get into the way that she submits. <laughs> Fuck about the weed. So when she's on Joe Rogan, she's talking about the way that she actually attacks her submissions. It's opposite of what every jujitsu practitioner will tell you. It, she attacks submission before position. So she's not actually even showing up anything. She's opportunistic with everything she does because she has this way that she grabs her chokes. And Dean Thomas has made this a strategy in everything that they do. So it's interesting that Jillian Robertson is plus four hundred by sub, and Tabitha Ricci, who's the better jujitsu practitioner, is plus five sixty five by sub. Um, and Ricci is the favorite minus one thirty five, and Robertson is plus one twenty. So for me, I just I know it's sort of an experiment in the way that are we going to see this opportunistic sub catch itself, come off a club and sub, or maybe even on the ground when she's on top. I'm going to take a shot on it. So I'm going to look at the plus 400 uh, Robertson. Do so I think if these girls fight a bunch of times, it could go greasy either way, 100%. I really didn't want to have any action on it, but I think that Robertson's jujitsu is being faded here. Uh, she has the most subs in, in women's division right now. So it's like... I don't know, man. I just think that with Robertson, um, I didn't want to touch it for the obvious reasons. You can actually even get her at plus 120 right now in some books. Uh, I didn't want to touch her for the Canadian bias reasons and whatever else. But I just think that if she can grab that neck quick, I mean, anybody's neck can go. And a lot of people would be surprised. Like, holy shit, she submitted Breachy!" But it's like plus 400. The book's telling me some things. I, I may be overthinking it, but uh, it's worth a little sprinkle. So that would be my, my last little spot that I'm uh, throwing out there
2: some value play for sure but like I don't, I don't know man like Jillian's the type of fighter that looks good till she doesn't you know what I mean like she looks <laughs> like the fight she looks good and she looks dominant but whenever she don't look good man like she looks like shit and I just think I don't know man like I think Rachy's a little bit more on the up and coming like the line's kind of gone back and forth I don't see much value betting either side of this like plus 400
1: it's nice because you're betting the win condition this that's season, on, it's not about i just bet by ends in sub then. Ricci, well yeah, I mean you could do that too. But Ricci is like, um her stand up on the feet is not that great. I mean, I, I get it with Robertson when she spots some some really good strikers, she's looked like a fish out of water. But I just think for the it's more for the sub. It's more for the stylistic way that she attacks And No one attacks subs like that. No one does. So it's, yeah, it's it's like for sure. The, but like you exist, dude. She's nobody go attacks
2: subs like Ryan Hall, and he still gets his ass kicked in fifty percent of his. Which price. is what I was
1: just about to say. So she could she could go for it, slip off, and reach could take her back and take her neck, one hundred percent. But then I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm before. gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a hypothetical
0: scenario. Close your <laughs> eyes
1: right now. I'm good.
0: Think All about right, my watching so, the card on audio. Saturday have a three wins and they say baby shark do do to do boo baby shark do 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 doo, baby shark do 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 doo, baby shark and that's how it's gonna go
1: which is yeah. why it's not, a, it's not a it's not a pick side it's a sprinkle on the sub hey next spot we're, yeah, we're being a dead horse here yeah let's talk about i, I pretty much agree with you guys just like i'm on that that sprinkle it is what it is next uh, we let's got? talk about
2: my boy Randy Brown, who's gonna KO William Turman. Is she? Callum knows me. Brother, We've been doing this podcast for a while, man. There's two people I hate in the UFC. One of them's gone. That's Fabio Charant, fucking Water Buffalo. I was so happy to see that guy leave the UFC.
1: So horrible.
2: Go on. And the second one is William William Turman. I think this guy's awful, Damn. man. He went to a split decision with Sam Alvey. He occasionally looks decent, and. Makes me lose money because I will never bet on this guy in my life. But I think Randy Brown's just going to Nate Diaz, this guy. He's going to dance around, box him up. I already got Randy Brown by KO plus 175. The line's already starting to drop because everybody knows William Turman sucks. And Randy Brown's just going to come in here and kick his ass from pillar to post. Even if Turman does get him down, I can't see him holding Randy Brown down. And I just see, you know, people may put a little bit of money the other way. Could Randy Brown got beat by Jack Della? But Jack Della is way on the up and come yeah dude, dude he's, a, he's fucking a serial murderer.
1: Code. he's a serial killer
2: yeah exactly like that dude does terrible things to people so i'm on randy brown all day man that's it That ko plus 175 i think it's a hammer play and yeah fuck yeah King. i
1: had brown part of a, a parlay that i had put together that was going to be actually a play for me um now since one of the fights has fallen off now um so brown is not gonna i can't touch it money line alone but I'm fully with you on, on, the, on the breakdown there. I think Terman, although he has pretty solid jiu-jitsu and, and will try for the takedowns, I just think Brown's going to be longer, be able to leverage those arms in there, um, sort of get those underhooks spread out on the cage, defend some of that that um, cage work, maybe get taken down a couple of times, but then work back to the cage and then reverse and get back up himself. And then when he's on the feet, he's just gonna touch him up, like you're saying. I, I I like Randy Brown pretty heavily in this spot, and if he can find a parlay, I think he's a parlay piece as well too. I, I'm just not a big uh, I'm not big on Turman. Um, what's your thoughts on this one, Billy? That's uh, this is my biggest spot in the car, Ben. Um, I can't fully
0: talk about it, but I know a little bit of insight about this one. Just, just throw out a little 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 top and leave it where it is. Yeah. Uh, a friend of a friend, I know a little something about this fight. Under Got two it. and a half, best bet of the card. Best bet of the card. Just bet the under two and a half.
1: Got it. Okay. So stuff that we can't talk. I get. It. I'll just shut up and we'll keep moving on. If Herman um, wins this
0: fight, I'm not doing this podcast
2: ever again. I'm telling you, you, bro. Don't you? be
1: surprised if Walton Herman submits him. I will be having money on
0: Walton Herman money line submission prop plus six hundred. But under two and a half, best bet of the card. Best bet of the card.
1: Well, I have to maybe touch that up when when you you see I've never seen you pretty adamant about something. So we will leave that that rate right where it is, but see the value in it. So what is your next spot on the card, sir? Or it'll be gone past. Um, last spot
0: on the card here. Little greasy man. Ah uh, man, this is one of those weeks where I think. I think I'm going back to my old self. I had a really good 2021 career. Actually, that's really how I got a little bit more popular in the MMA community was betting on women's MMA fights. So, shouts to Melissa Gatto. But as I digress a little bit, the future has arrived. It's the time. It's got to be now or never. Death taxes, Macy Barber by robbery here. It's coming, man. It's coming. I'm on the Macy Barber money line here this weekend. Um, I, I'm an Amanda Rebos fan. I love Amanda Rebos. but some way, somehow, this fight's gonna go to the judges' scorecards. It's gonna go to Macy Barber, and she's gonna win. And on top of that, the fact that she knows that she's been fighting close decisions, I think we're gonna see the best version of Macy Barber in a long ass time.
1: Get uh, four fight win up, I'm
0: with you. Yeah, I mean, her losses are really Alexa Grasso, Roxanne modified. I gotta roll with my girl. Um, Macy Barber, this is the, this is where we start thinking about her in the title shot contention. It's going to be this weekend. She's going to, I don't ever really bet underdogs in the co-main event. Just something about that this year, uh, the co-main event favorites, but going against that this week, Macy Barber is probably the best bet of the main card, honestly, straight money line shot. Besides Brandon Allen, I think he's the first bet in the main card. Macy Barber would be my second favorite bet on the card.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on the Macy Barber side of things. I think that she's shown like every camp she's been getting better, man. And that trans- transition from her striking to her wrestling to her grappling, like there's little fine points you can see in her striking if you watch tape. It's tightened up, it's cleaned up to set up her wrestling better. Um, Her cage work, she's more aggressive with her strikes when she's holding people up against the cage, realizing that she needs to, you know, be more active to make sure that the judges are seeing her as the distinct victor. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I know that she's been in greasy decisions. I know that she was on the other side or she was on the winning side of that Maverick um Sort of side of thing, you know that that bad call, and everybody sort of, I guess, sort of faded her from then. The MMA community didn't like her after that one, and I know she was talking a big game and everything else. But since then, she sort of shut her mouth, and she's just been working. She's been busting her ass. You see her in camp. I follow Team Alpha Male pretty heavily because of Mike Malat. It's just all of my channels online. A lot of the fighters that are through there, and I see a lot of the camps. Man, she's a badass. She's getting better and better, and I probably will even hit Macy Barber by decision. Um, So I'm with you on it, man. Macy Barber. I'm, and she's sort of become one of my, or maybe might become one of my debt taxes situations. Um, But I'm with you on that. Nick, over two and a half?
2: Over two and a half. Well, yeah, honestly, though, I think Rebaz wins. I, I, I really think Rebaz is a much better fighter. I think Rebaz oh. kind of struggled a little bit early in her career, and she's shown more leaps and bounds um basically Barber's getting a good push him as a, the community's like split on this one right like there's some people that hate her and there's some people that absolutely love her but i feel like her fights are always oh very God. close and she's kind of gifted these decisions and i don't know man like i think Rebaz just pieces her up if it's a grappling exchange i think Rebaz is a better grappler and i think like you talk skillful striking like i think Rebaz is a much better striking a much better striker so like Unless as Billy said, this is a robbery. Like I don't see a world where Macy Barber puts on like a dominant decision. Like she's kind of doing the whole hold people against the cage and kind of ride the But these I things think out.
0: that that strategy could be it though. I feel like one part is reboss is a straw weight. She moved up the flyweight. She isn't that Physically stout, like the other girls. Like when she fought Caitlin Kagan, she kind of struggled with the strength of that fight. I think that could be a way Macy Barber could win. I think she's stronger than this girl. I think she's going to be a lot stronger than this girl.
2: Yeah, but betting on people not to fight is kind of like I like. I get it. Like it's a strategy, but like. But the one thing
1: that there's a little bit of vividness uh, bias here because I think as I'll take something from Jimmy the Bag, but. I think we see Macy Barber holding girls up against the fence, but that's not exactly the case in her last fight, man. And if you actually watch back tape and look at the stats, like she's throwing. She's starting to be able to get better position in order to feel better to land. Um, she looked better in the judges' scorecards there, and he's going to stats right now. But I think uh, Macy Barber, <laughs> there's just progression, man. There, there's been distinct, obvious progression in her game. Um, I think she's sort of humbled herself a little bit. She's had to have to get better in camp. So I'm on the spot. I feel like Reboss
0: has been stagnant
1: to go into, like, we see one fighter progress and the other one's been stagnant.
0: Reboss has been very stagnant. She was supposed to already be here in this spot. And she's failed and failed and failed. And every time she gets that little step up, the Marina Rodriguez, the Kaylin Chikagian, she fails, man.
1: And, I mean, we got Emmett in camp, too, um, obviously fighting on the card, too. So that camp's always in full gear. And I just think momentum, even if you do get a decision that maybe some people don't think you should have, like you don't hear that shit as a fighter. You're going to your camp, you're going to your people. You're not listening to fucking YouTubers talking about how you shouldn't have won a decision. You're feeling momentum, you're getting better and better. And it's just, I, I'm a momentum guy. I think momentum is a real thing in this game. I think camps get bigger and you get better. It's the same concept of when you become a champion, you're 30% better. Well, yeah, it's the same concept when your camp's winning, when you're winning. I'm sorry, I just, belief is there. I'm in Macy Barber, uh backer on this one, so. Nick, kick rocks. Love you, though. Um, to be honest, I'm, I'm really, more
2: shocked that there's so many good fights on this card, and we spent more time talking about both women's MMA fights than the other fights on this card. Uh,
0: it's been, uh, so but the it's women's hardball. MMA spots on this card is, is is a lot of value. I mean, if you feel one way or another on the – Tabitha Ricci, Jillian Robertson, you're either getting real good plus money or you're getting a really good line straight or the Amanda Reba's Macy Barber line. Like, I think Macy Barber, if you've ranked the dogs on the card, shit, I'd rather bet Macy Barber than Austin Lane. Like, and I like Austin Lane this week.
2: Yeah, like, I agree in a sense. Like, it's probably going to go to a decision. It's probably going to be greasy. It's just like, like, as for like an angle perspective, it's like, fuck, man. Like, I look at this car or I look at this fight and I'm like, like, in my head, I'm like, you know, um, Reba's probably pieces her up, but then I'm like, there's a real world where three ju- or where judges gave Macy Barber a decision over Miranda Rav- uh, Miranda Maverick. I'm like, Fuck, you may as well just ball, uh, blindly better. Don't need to break it down. So would no, you? Sure. I'll give you a
0: hypothetical scenario if you had to go to the book and there was two fights to bet on, would you rather bet Cedric Dumas or Macy Barber? Can I bet an under on the
2: Cedric Dumas fight? <laughs> <No>, I'm <I'll
0: laughs> the <laughs> just saying from like a line perspective in comparison to the, the card, people around the same exact price tag, Bruno Silva, Joshua Van, uh, look at it. The, uh David Inama, Austin Lane, out all the dogs in the card. Macy Barber is by far the most talented but dog. But my on only
2: thing to say is you talk about all the guys said or like Cedric Dumas, right? Like I could bet this guy to win KO because if he's going to win, that's his winning condition, right? Like I mm-hmm. see a path to victory for both. At the end of the day, whenever I look at this Amanda Rivas Macy Barber fight, I see a greasy fight that three other dudes who are generally incapable of making a good decision have to make the decision. If I want money or not, Where if Cedric Dumas gets KO. Ra- I, I'm I'm not surprised, or if Cedric Dumas KOs Cody Bronzes, it's like, a
1: definitive. Dude. I get it,
0: yeah. Like, but at you're, least getting some, like and you're getting the judge's rub. When do we know already? <laughs> see, you, you guys are, are talking
1: about two different kinds of value, and you're both right. But I love it, it's a good conversation. Dude, wait, we already
0: know if it goes to the judge's scorecards and it's a robbery, it's called the Macy Barber. We've seen it twice already. You gotta see it a third time, like I already hate sounds- enough people in my
2: life though. I just like I don't want to put that on the
0: judges, you know. Cause I think but I'm gonna be sitting there with greasy that ticket.
1: Split
0: decision. <laughs> we all agree.
1: This is a greasy split decision.
0: So, I so I'm not gonna fall out of my chair. I'm, I'm gonna stop
1: that. this conversation now and be rude. And I'm not gonna fall out of my chair like John Anik. I'm gonna leave the last pick to Nick, and I think I know who it is. And if you don't bring up another pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the dog <laughs> you talked about. Nick, what's I'm your final point?
2: I don't dude, you just caught me off guard dude we were talking so much Who's my final play who am I talking about here
1: I mean I was looking at Phil Rowe and so were you and I think that's something that you were talking about so I faded Neil Magny in the past because he just does not look good to judges but if you aren't going to highlight it I will just touch on it quick yeah well no I did already
2: take Philip Rowe by KO but that's the so that that's one of these fights and I said I won't call an official play but we'll get a little greasy with this like Philip Rowe (laughs) you guys got a 100 percent finish rate right and we look at neil magny and neil magny to me like he only beats killers so like this is one of these fights man with this fight once again like you're talking about a
1: fight you don't want to bet this is the one because just in my opinion okay, like i, I think think magny's on the tail end man i think that he just looks so bad in his last couple fights like even in wins, he's getting hit and he's sort of the way he's styled he sort of falls off the punches and when he's doing it it looks bad to the judges every time i've referenced it many times And I think that he's not getting the rub as well, too, as as much as he used to in the past. And he's always been a guy at backs. Like, he's been a – it used to be a death tax, a bagging scenario. And I I just think he's on the, the tail end. So, I think that depending on where that line goes, it's just worth a little look. I think Rowe does have some maybe finishing ability, but I don't know if he gets Magny out of there, but I do think he's going to have moments where he tags the shit out of him. And I think that Magny yeah. is going to fall into the cage and then maybe scramble, get his back at points maybe. I don't think he submits them, but I think he's going to be able to, to to have his dominant situations too. And I think it could get greasy. So I just think that there is some potential value in Phil Rowe if it does go up and over um i get the the strength of schedule but i just think magny i don't know man he takes those punches and falls off his shots and falls into the cage and i don't know if he realizes it's a bad habit that he does i think it's you bad. should
2: live bet this fight because i think yeah very, i think it's, it's going to be very bad. clear like go. if magny can lands take if magny uh, if magny can land takedowns then it's probably going to be magny for the better part of three rounds of phil rhodes mm-hmm. trying to get up it's but so if good. he starts to struggle man like one of my best plays and I've been a big Phil Rowe backer. Is um, I told all my buddies, I'm like, live bet Phil Rowe. I'm like, because Iran he's like, he's going to be able to take him down in the first, but we're going to see how he looks. The guy's got gassing issues. And Phil Rowe is a relatively big dog going to the second round. And I'm like, jump on this shit now. And lo and behold, man, like, he was just able just to KO him in the second round. And Phil Rowe is one of these guys, man, like, he doesn't need to hit you that many times for you to fucking suffer. So, and even then, man, you look at his next fight, right? Like, he's able to come in there and KO Nico Price. who Nico Price has been pretty much invincible whenever it comes to it. He's been like the Marvin Victoria type guy where he can just take an absolute beating and come back. So, I think from a live, uh, live betting perspective, man, like, you're going to see where the fight direction is going. And if Phil Rose starts to land those shots at the line that it is now, you could probably still get like some plus
0: money before it completely flips. I like it. Now, really? I'll tell you the reason why they're live it. When has Phil Rowe ever won a first round <laughs> of an MMA fight? I've never, I had all the times I back Phil Rowe or faded Phil Rowe, he just drops the first round. He reminds me of Marlon Cheeto Vera in the aspect of like, it just takes him. I think maybe all that changes because I'll counterpart this. He's fighting out of Orlando, Florida. This is in Jacksonville. He better be excited for this. Cause this is a winnable fight, Magny. Eight out of ten of his losses inside the distance. It's Phil Rowe, ITD, man. I love that spot here. Um, a lot of dogs, a lot of dogs, and a couple of favorites that I do like. But this is a money in the bank card. Um, yeah. definitely my favorite card
1: of the month. So as we bring, uh, you know, our own spots to it, this sort of seems to be a spot that we're all sort of on. And I no, I think, Nick, you had already got out three spots. But I'll, when I go back, I'll make sure that all three spots are lined up properly. If this ends up being an extra one. Maybe we'll look at it as just sort of like a three-play three, three play team pick type thing. Um, but we, we sort of have our own plays. That's great. But what about that parlay? If we look at Randy Bruboy-Brown, and I was going to ask you maybe Cody Brundage and Cedric Dumas' fight doesn't go to decision. What is that? What is that? Do you think that Talk, happened? I, mean, I would yes.
0: not be parlaying Randy Brown. No,
1: cannot. No. 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 Come on. Man. Oh yeah, you're, you're. That's right. You're on the tournament side of things, so we can't make that the parlay. So let's find it. What, what is the spot that we fully agree on? I know that it's not going to be tired. It's, it, it's, uh, I mean, no, no, no up, distance. Trevor P. First leg of the
0: parlay.
2: <laughs> minus seven thousand. Is that what it is?
1: Awesome. No, no. I think it's minus five sixty. I mean, if there isn't a parlay, that's cool too. But if you guys can see one, I'm with it. I'm even, I'm, um, well, I even I'll tell like you what, Barber is a late parlay. What
2: my parlay, and once again, this is where you know we can't add Brandy Brown into it, but I already have a parlay with Gabriel Santos and Randy Brown. Just I think they're the two not the not because they're the two biggest favorites on the card, it's just well, I guess uh, Elia is out there, but um, I'm just confident in both spots. But this guy's telling me Terman's gonna win and. To be honest, if there's anything that's going to ruin my Saturday, it's seeing Termin not have one more check mark towards him getting the fuck out of the UFC. So if Terman wins, man, I'm just, I'm just going to be set. I'm not even watching this card on Saturday. I'm going to look at my phone. I'm going to see Termin one. I'm just going to be. I'm just Dude, going to be you're beer. watching
1: the Matusevics Bestky and, and Loic Razabov fight. That's going to be. I think that's going to be a good one to watch. Um, not one I, I want got to an talk idea for I just you don't to account.
0: Account. What? My bad. I didn't mean to cut you off. I got another nice well, go idea ahead. for you though. This, this popped into my head. Uh, what about a time prop parlay? No distance, Trevor P. No distance, okay. Randy Brown, Turman, the over two and a half, and the co Macy Barber boss
2: I like it. That's actually that's a fire play.
1: I'll do it because I I may even sprinkle the the Brown decision and finish or something. I'll figure that out the way I attack that if I do, and that'll be separate. Or we Brown take would. the over out and put the no distance in Cody Brunge's Cedric Dumas. The yeah. violence parlay. Okay, so Nick, do you want to build that right now, and then let us know what it is? Um. Okay, so don't tap. Podcast violence parlay. Billy,
0: have it. Have at it. Yep. Cody Brundage, Cedric Dumas fight doesn't go to distance with Trevor Peake, Chepe Marcel, and then Randy Ruboy Brown versus Wellington Turman. All three of those fights not to go to distance.
1: Okay, so that is the violence parlay for this week. And on the out, Billy, if you could say your three big spots. Yeah, three big spots under two and a half, Randy Brown, Wellington
0: Terman, Macy Barber on the money line, and Brandon Allen on the money line this week.
1: And Nick? Tell me off guard here.
0: I don't even remember what's supposed to be
1: quick, cut, and efficient so I can clip it, homie, making <laughs> my life easier so I can get your guys' shit out quicker. So we talked so much Take about women's MMA, I don't even remember what the fuck Take my three spots were. Write them down if you have to and say your three spots quick.
2: He's uh, <laughs> coming completely off. Sorry, party. I had to put my dad hat
1: on for a fucking second there. <laughs> Dude, I'm old that. as shit. Okay, hey, I'm gonna say my three spots. So I'm great right with Billy on his spot. I'm fully with Brendan Allen. I see a lot of different angles on this one. Um, I really do like the Brendan Allen uh, third round decision at plus, what are we sitting at? Plus 225. Um, I may change how I attack this fight officially but I do like that that third round decision. I also like the Allen sub at plus 163. How I attack this fight might be, I may do the round sub sprinkles depending on how they look. And you know I may talk a little bit with Billy about that more too, but I think that that is probably the way I'm going to look at it. We'll do the third round decision and then just attack the, the sub at plus 163 unless the value gets better. Um, and my other spot on the card will be, I mean, I got to go with it. I got to go. I know it's a regional bias a little bit, but when you're telling me it's going to go to the decision a lot and you're telling me that judges have been greasy as hell, I mean, you just don't know. And uh, you're going to give me Anthony Romero, who I believe is one of the biggest prospects to come out of Canada in a very long time. Uh, I've been right about some of this stuff recently. I'll take it. I'll, I'll ride it. I'll, I'll, I'll go with my instincts on this one. I think that plus 400 is way too fucking wide. I get why that they do it because no one really knows who Anthony is. And the the level of competition that um, you know, OEM has been at is, is pretty high level. But plus 400 is way too fucking wide. Give me Anthony Romero, the genius, Mr. Fight IQ, the thing that you got to back. And then lastly, um, I was looking at um, Jack Jenkins as my dog. We got Jack Jenkins at plus 180. So Jack Jenkins, I think, is just everything's damage. He's a killer. He goes for it with everything that he throws. Um, just the stylistic matchup-wise, we got Muay Thai against Muay Thai pretty much. We got a guy who's going to be able to cut underneath, um, you know, Emmer's and that horrible fight IQ like of his and chop him down like a Christmas tree. So I'm going to go with um, Jack Jenkins at plus 180 as the dog, and I think the line might even get better um so for me this fight's going to take place on the feet both guys solid takedown defense that's the play and lastly i mean we talked about the robertson reaching i'm gonna sprinkle Robertson's mission plus 400 leave me alone i'm take my ball and run home nick what do you got
2: yeah so actually i just realized i didn't actually go over three plays i went over two but we just talked about a lot um so my first play is zalgas minus 188 um My second play that we didn't talk about is Justin Taffa KO, minus 125. I hit that one fairly hard. That's nothing to talk about, man. His opponent comes in just throwing absolute wild. And Taffa ultimately has decent striking, man, and he has the KO power. opponent's been KO'd a bunch. That minus 125 is a steal. He's going to sleep in the first round. So, Uh, yeah, Justin Taffa KO, minus 125. And Randy Brown, who we... Although being a very sizable favorite, may end up making me have a real bad Saturday and William Terman. Don't her, know why, but I'm just
1: under you know,
0: under, under two and a half.
1: A I, I have a decent on Randy Brown KO plus one seven. So. If you go, if you go Randy Ruboy Brown, you hit that already, and then you just tail the capper and you and you go with Billy and you tail that and you go the under, then you got potentially a double hit, if if not, maybe at least just one hit. So
2: the only two. Um, for, like, if, if Terman wins and then I wake up Sunday morning and Fabio Charron got signed to the UFC again, I'm just, I'm, I'm just done. I'm, I got nothing else to say, man.
0: Like, that's kind of, I would not rule out, man. Well, let's determine the win by submission
1: at plus 600 is. Stupid. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it now. Billy, close your eyes for a minute. <laughs> um, if, if that happens, Nick will never come on the podcast again because he just, no, I, I can't do He's that. He's going to run just... away and it's the new podcast is going to be Billy and the kid.
2: if turman wins i will start trying to be more
1: educated in women's mma i I, I think you're missing out because i think there's so many angles lately and i think that a lot of them don't hit the judges scorecards lately and i just think that there's always spots so it's crazy the two women's mma flights are two of my more confident picks the card honestly i'm finding that when i look down the card man instinctually i always try to see those couple spots and usually the women's mma spots jump out at me i don't know that's Boys, we are circling back into this. and I We are. It's okay. We're not circling <laughs> back into it. For Nick Eagli, for Billy Briz, I'm Callum McGregor. Tune into the Don't Have Podcast. <laughs>